It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Time for our Hernstein Community Show. And joining us in studio this morning, it is Mr. Tom Kuhn. Good to see you with us this morning. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. Tom is with the Ross County Historical Society, and you've got your fall speakers series beginning tonight. That's correct. The uh, Ross County Historical Society's 2016 fall speaker series begins tonight uh, with a program titled A Day in the Life of Ohio's Prehistoric Peoples, Insights from Artifacts and Archaeology. And we're going to be featuring uh, speaker Gary Argabright who's a retired educator from right here in Chillicothe, a collector and an authority on prehistoric cultures of the Scioto River Valley. He is truly a gem to have in our in our community. He 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 is a, a gem and he uh, he's been very helpful to the historical society over the years in helping us identify and catalog our prehistoric artifacts and uh, he's a collector himself. Uh, he's been doing this for well over 35 years. And uh, so he's going to give us a glimpse tonight into the lives of the prehistoric people of this area. We know quite a bit about the the mounds and uh, their locations and the archaeological discoveries that have taken place over the past 150 years, but uh, not much has been said or written about what their everyday lives were like. So that's what we're going to find out about tonight. It would be easy for someone to say uh, much of this is speculation. However, a lot of what the study has been going on, the things they discover along the way, eventually it starts to tell a story. Well, that's correct. It's a kind of a cumulative effect of over 150 years worth of archaeological investigation has been going on around here, uh, dating back to the 1840s with Squire and Davis, maybe even before that. So. And much of it started from farmers uh, just digging things up for planting their crops. And farmers are some of the biggest collectors, as we know. And uh, a lot of them have taken it very seriously, the things that they've found on their land while they're out plowing or after. Um, There have been many wonderful collections that have been created by the area's farmers. So you put all this knowledge together... And and you, you even though there's no written record that was left by these people, uh, you're able to glean from all of the information from studying their artifacts, you know, what their lives might have been like. And Gary puts it all together very wonderfully, and I think people are going to enjoy it. He's a dot connector. <laughs> that is, that's probably a, a good way to put it, yes. Starts to put it all together. So if if I'm wanting to make sure I catch all of the debate tonight, uh, you say that this will probably be done before the debate starts. The program begins promptly at 7.30 p.m. and will go for about 45 to 50 minutes uh, plus a, a little bit of time for 
questions and answers at the end. We will be serving refreshments, but if you need to rush off to the debate, I'll be happy to stay around and finish the refreshments. <laughs> and if you want to stick around, uh, just uh, turn on your car radio, 1490 AM, 92.7 FM. We'll have debate coverage for you uh, on your way home. Um, this is the first of three for the Fall Speaker Series. That's correct. In two weeks from tonight, uh, that will be Wednesday, November 2nd, we're going to be featuring uh, Mel Hankla, who's uh, probably the, the best living historian uh, in out of Kentucky. And he's going to be presenting himself that evening as George Rogers Clark, uh, who was a Revolutionary War hero that uh, came west into the Kentucky lands from Virginia during the 1770s. And uh, and made his name by by leading forces against the British uh, here in the Northwest Territory. So, and that will be on November second, Wednesday, November second. All right. And uh, you also have a trip back to the Civil War through music. Well, uh, we're going to be bringing back Steve Ball this time uh, with his wife uh, Lisa Ball for a program titled Songs of and by Women of the Civil War. And Steve's been here once or twice before, although it's been a number of years now. A wonderful performer, a singer, a guitar player, and also a story. And he puts, he combines all that together to do a marvelous presentation on Civil War era music. And he's going to be focusing this time with his wife, Lisa, on, on the songs of and by women of that time period. That sounds rather interesting, and I, I guess when we look at it uh, in such an early age of our country, uh, this was where homes were disrupted. This was where women probably uh, decided to voice their opinion or their feelings and emotions through music. And, of course, it, it's nothing to see that today, but back then, would this have been maybe something relatively new? Uh, relatively so, I'd say, Um course the male population had all gone off to war and the women were left to uh, carry on by themselves raising families uh, running the farm um, and it was probably a very melancholy time for them uh, and so it's expressed through a lot of the music from that time period and a lot of these tunes we recognize today uh, battle hymn the republic probably the most famous of these, written by Julia Ward Howe. Uh, so, uh, and the way these two put all this together is very fascinating. Not only the music, but you get all the history behind each song. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to, if you're in high school marching band and it's patriotic times and you're playing a patriotic song, you know the notes, you kind of sing the words, but to know the story behind the song, that, that changes everything. That adds a lot of uh, fascination to it. Yeah. Once again, the Fall Speakers series begins tonight, and uh, this is in chronological order. <laughs> We're going prehistoric, then we go to Re- Revolutionary War, and then Civil War. Is that on purpose? Uh, yeah, I'd like to say that. Yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking uh, before we went on the air here, uh, and I saw in my, my leaflet that I get from the Heritage Center that you've got a grand statue that uh, used to be in the State House. Well, it actually used to be in the U.S. Capitol. Oh, is that where it was? Okay. It, it's a, a marble, magnificent marble statue of Ohio's 31st governor, William Allen, who was from Chillicothe. And it's, uh, his statue was uh, placed in the National Statuary Hall in 1887. 
and uh, was just removed last month, and a new statue replaced him of uh, Thomas Edison, who was, of course, uh, the famous inventor of the light bulb and the phonograph from Milan, Ohio. So the Ross County Historical Society is pleased to be able to have this marvelous uh, piece of art uh, that has represented the state of Ohio in the U.S. Capitol for 129 years. How does that phone conversation go? You, you get you get a phone call or a letter, and uh, next thing you know, you're getting something as fantastic as, as this statue, and then you have to figure out where to put it. Well, you know, trying to figure out where to put it was a challenge because we were told that by the architect of the Capitol's office that it probably weighed over 12,000 pounds. So, you know, where do you put a 12-foot-tall marble statue that weighs over six tons uh, so anyway, when it was moved here, the, the, the movers said, no, we, th- we think it probably weighs six to 8,000 pounds. So <laughs> that really lightened the load, didn't it? <laughs> right. But we did, ha- we had one, uh, particular spot that worked out very well and they were able to get it into the building. Um, and, uh, so now it's, it's in place and probably it will stay there for, a, a, at least another 129 years. Is this your most recent uh, collection, or do you have something else in the works? Well, this is uh, probably the largest, um, and I keep using the the adjective uh, magnificent, uh, thing that we've received in quite a while. And people should really come in and see it. I think they they would just uh, really appreciate uh, the artistry and uh, the work that went into creating this uh, beautiful statue. I need to pop back over and see the statue. And uh, uh, when I was there on Statehood Day, I, I still can't forget, you've heard the phrase, jump on the bandwagon. They've got a bandwagon at the Heritage <laughs> Center. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, Kingston, if I'm not mistaken, is that right? It's Bainbridge. It's oh, the, it was the Bainbridge? Uh, Bainbridge okay. bandwagon. Okay. But it seemed like every community had something like that. Well, we have photographs of several uh, community bandwagons. Every every small community in Ross County, probably all over the state of Ohio, had their own brass band back in those days, and you know we're talking the mid eighteen hundreds. So, uh, this is a bandwagon, probably the only one around that still exists. Let's see if we can get the Great Seal of Ohio guys to get on a bandwagon sometime. <laughs> uh, anything we've missed this morning? No, I think we we pretty well covered. It. I just need to mention that we're located at forty five West Fifth Street, and we're open for tours Tuesday through Saturday each week. Uh, from 1 to 5 p.m. each day. So we invite everybody to come out. You not only can see the statue, but uh, you can learn all about uh, the area's history and prehistory dating back uh, to 10,000 years ago. A lot of neat stuff. Uh, Camp Sherman and uh, to the prehistoric times and and even uh, probably what would be the youngest thing you have? Well, we we have things that we've collected probably for up until the 1980s and and maybe well actually no uh, probably the 1990s we have things that we received uh, f- during Chillicothe's bicentennial in 1996 20 years ago so yeah. and if you want to see a, a diorama like you've never seen before see the old downtown and then also see the landscape that the locomotives would run on. And that's right. Well. You can see so. the entire east side of Chillicothe and back during the heyday of the railroads with our scale model of uh, Chillicothe's railroads. Of course, you got a website, and that is? www.rosscountyhistorical.org. Always good to see you. 
Thanks for having me. Tom Kuhn. And thanks again to the Hernstein Auto Group for the giving of their time to allow us to learn more about the Ross County Historical Society. Again, their uh, free and open to the public uh, conversation tonight. The Fall Speaker Series gets underway at 7.30 p.m. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.